Rejoiner Nation, what is up? Welcome back to another edition of Rejoiner's Live. On this episode, we have very special guest, Bryant Baker. He's the race director for the West Virginia Rim to River 100, West Virginia's first 100 miler. Bryant has had the vision to put this on for quite some time now, so come learn all about what they should expect from this first year race. Bryant is one of those genuinely awesome people, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Rejoiner's Live. Yo, what is Crackalackin' Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another Ridge Runners live show. Tonight, right now, we are in for a treat. We have a super special guest on the show, and they come to us all the way from the New River Gorge in West Virginia. Ten years ago, he had a vision. He saw the potential that West Virginia had for a 100-mile race and how special it would be to have one there. Well, now, on November 7th, the inaugural Rim to River 100 is set to take place. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, race director, ultra runner, adventure extraordinaire, Brian Baker. How's it going, man? That's a tough. That's a tough intro to walk into. Uh, there's a lot going on there. What's up, Wesley? Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. Obviously, we got to hang out a couple weeks ago when we were doing some pre-filming stuff, but we were super excited to kind of get you on the live show to talk to us uh, before the show. I mean, before the race, obviously. Uh, the race is next weekend already. I know it's coming up quick for you. Um, but yeah, let's start things off with our traditional question before we get too deep into things. What are you drinking tonight? So I'm a, I'm a big, big coffee drinker. Um, I drink coffee pretty much all day. When I stopped drinking coffee, I got to switch over to a, to a solid coffee porter. Um, so big timber coffee porter, local West Virginia drink. Um, it's good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, my name is Wesley Hart and, and joining me tonight, holding down the fort with me. Uh, some of you've gotten to know him and a lot of you have started to love him. He's known as the sixth man of the nation, Cam Wrench. How's it going? And what are you drinking tonight? Doing real great, Wesley. I'm so stoked to be helping you host this show tonight and super stoked to hear about everything at River River 100, New River Gorge is uh, everything that's going on with that. Tonight, um, once again, the classic sort of standby for me, the Jackie O's Under a Cloud IPA. Um, I think I only have like three of them left. So if you guys are waiting for me to start drinking a different kind of beer, it'll happen soon enough. Should we put your address in the description of this so Rejoiner Nation can send you a different beer or something like that? Because this is starting to get ridiculous, Cam, with your This is like the selection. fourth or fifth show in a row that I've been drinking this. And yes, I will accept any and all donations of free alcohol. Perfect, perfect. For me it's tonight, just DM us on Instagram. Perfect. It's uh, tonight, Sierra Nevada, Hazy IPA, Hazy Little Things IPA, just keeping a little traditional tonight for me. Um, you can find the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Apple Podcasts, we are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a Strava club as well. And our handle is at Ridge Runners on all platforms. Brian, I want to start off by getting to know you a little bit. Obviously, we've gotten to know you a little bit, but Ridge Runner Nation, they're inquisitive people. They want to know who this guy is that's kind of joining us tonight, who the race director for the Rim to River 100 is. So just start off talking about who you are and a little bit about your backstory. Uh, yeah, so my name is Brian Baker. Um, I live here in New uh, River Gorge region of West Virginia. Um, uh, my real job is uh, I'm a river guide. Um, I've been guiding whitewater rafting trips for almost 20 years now. Um, and I'm the river operations manager of one of them um, at the Ace Adventure Resort. And so, um, yeah, I love it here. Um, this, is, uh, this is home now. Um, my wife and I Traveled a bunch and moved around a good bit, um, but I've settled here in the last uh, two, three years and um, got three little girls, um, Milani, Makaya, and Nora, five, three, and one. So uh, this house is game on. Um, so I will not be surprised if one of them wakes up and comes down here and sits on my lap at some point. We'll make sure to say hi to them if they do. Obviously, the race is game on next weekend, so it's going to be super exciting. Uh, kind of talk about... Uh, the Rim to River 100. Obviously, this has been a big idea. Ten years in the making for you that you had this envision. Kind of what was the thought process back then of kind of why you wanted to put this race on and kind of what the vision was like back in the day? Sure. I mean, it's more so um, more than wanting to actually do a, a the, the focus being a race. Um, it's really just, you know, I, 
I love uh, facilitating wilderness experiences for people. Um, that's what I love about guiding. That's why I've been doing it for as long as I have. Um, getting to take people out into wilderness settings and show them an adventure. Um, in particular, like with rafting, we're taking people out, and this this is stuff that people are going to remember, you know, for a lifetime. Um, this is making people's summer, um, and so being a part of that's just uh, super special, super rewarding. And so, while river guiding, and then getting into trail running and spending a lot of time in River Gorge, um, you know, this is just a place that I love. It's a place I've spent a ton of time, um, gotten to know the ins and outs really well, and you know, I've had this relationship if you will um with the landscape and uh you know just started thinking about man like as much as i love facilitating these rafting trips for people what if i could if i could take somebody on a run like if my best friend was coming here and we were going to go for a long run together like where would i take them um and just started like piecing together this route of you know all the all my favorite spots um all the little ins and outs and like nooks and crannies of the gorge um and just, you know, it's just something I just thought about and kicked around for a long time and never really thought anything would come of it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and now it's going to happen in, in less than two weeks. So uh, it's still kind of mind boggling that it's that it's really here. Um, but I'm so psyched to share this place with people um, and just share the gorge, share this route. Um, just get people out and, and let them have an experience out there. We had people today on Instagram DM, DMing us, telling us how excited they were to run the race next weekend. And that's just super awesome to see, especially a first year race. I want to talk about, obviously, a lot of people may have a vision or a goal that they want to happen. Maybe they have this huge high in the sky thing that they want to make happen, but they don't really know how to do it. Obviously, this race kind of did that for you. You've 10 years in the making. Kind of how did you, what were the first steps for you in kind of putting this race together? Oh man, um, I mean, a lot of it's just using, uh, you know, when you spend enough time somewhere, you can you you develop relationships with people, you develop relationships with a place, um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of it was just kind of talking about it with people and kind of throwing it out there, um, and then using what resources I have, using like the skill sets that I have, like I, I really enjoy um, logistics. And I really enjoy trying to figure out and piece things together. I really enjoy the planning for adventures. Um, and so, you know, that plays really well into, into race directing. Um, like I've never directed a race before and I'm starting with a hundred miler, which is probably not the wisest decision. Um, but I feel really comfortable in it. Um, like just, I feel really good with, with the course we have and with what we're trying to do. Um, and so really like, you know, I think a lot of it's just kind of putting yourself out there. Like that's the hardest part is saying you're going to do it, you know, not just thinking it to yourself, but actually starting to talk about it. Like, Hey, this is going to happen and, and making those steps and kind of putting yourself out there and just kind of going for it. So the course is designed, you officially make an ultra sign up link or whatnot. And you decide, okay, let's actually start taking some registrations and whatnot for this race. What was that moment like for you? uh shocking to say the least like we you know we had to get permitting through the through the national park service um and get it you know get everything dialed and get the course dialed in you know kind of things set up and then we had registration starting um at new year's um you know last january january 1st and you know honestly like i said it at midnight for new year's and didn't really think like initially I, i told my wife like we might you know, if we get 20 people to sign up to do this, like that'd be amazing. Um, if there's 20 people who'd want to come run 100 miles here, like I'd be super psyched to go do that with them. Um, and then, like at midnight, my phone just starts blowing up with notifications that people are registering. Um, and it was really, it was quickly uh, like, okay, we've uh, we've got something going here. Um, and since then, it's kind of been. Uh, as a friend of mine says, you just kind of you just kind of hold on to the tiger's tail, and you just go with it. 
I feel like you have to at that point. I mean, at that point, you've already got tons of runners already ready to go. So now it's, uh, you got to make it happen. Now, uh, you're obviously prepared and, uh, the ACE properties prepare for an event like this, kind of like, obviously runners may be coming in from different areas and whatnot. Maybe not all runners probably coming from the new river gorge. People are coming from outside areas. What do you think people are going to expect when they arrive at the property of ACE adventures? Yeah. I mean, I'm psyched. Like I've, um, the whole model guiding career, um, I started with ACE. I trained there. Um, that's like my, that's like my family. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm excited to kind of showcase what we have there as well. Um, you know, we're, we're adventure based company. We do rafting trips, we do climbing trips and zipline trips and all this kind of stuff. Um, but we have like on our property, we have an extensive trail system that ties directly into the New River Gorge trail system. Um, and it's just a place that I love. Like I love running there. I love dropping into the gorge from there. And it's not a trail system that very many people know about, um, if any. Um, really before I started posting maps and, and ways to get around and, and where to start and where to go, like you'd never see runners there. Um, and it's been awesome to see consistently, you know, on weekends, different people out of state plates, getting on trails, asking, hey, I'm gonna be down this weekend. Where can I get on? Where do I start? And trying to check out the ACE course um, and then dropping into the gorge and connecting it. Um, this is exciting for me, uh, you know, to kind of share that with people. And then, you know, ACE is a, we have 1500 acres. Um, we have a, a full on uh, camping complex and dining hall and lodging. And, and so it's set up for this kind of event. Like it's a perfect place to host something like this. And so to have that, um, you know, to have that facility to work with and kind of just use um, for this is is key. Yeah, that's uh, really great to hear. And we've actually got our first question tonight from the chat. I did say it in the chat, uh, but if you didn't see, if you got any questions for Brian tonight, make sure to ask them there. I'll be monitoring that all night, responding to uh, anything you guys have to say, and then also letting Brian know um, because he'd probably rather hear his responses anyways. But this first one is from Caleb Bowen. Um, and he asks, what would you say is the most iconic section of the course? No definition for what iconic means to him. So we're gonna let you decide, Brian. Nice, so that's a good question. Like iconic, so part of part of designing the route was like, what are the places you, you kind of have to go to in the New River Gorge? So, you know, the most iconic place we're gonna go on the route is, is easily, you could say Long Point. Um, it's the classic New River Gorge overlook. You go out, it's this exposed rock. You've got the New River Gorge Bridge right there in front of you. Um, phenomenal views. <clears throat> so as far as iconic, like that's that's gotta be it, I'd say. Um, my favorite thing about the route though is taking taking the runners to these lesser known places and lesser known trails to get them to those kind of iconic spots. Because um, there's just some there's some super special places out there. And uh, just really cool little hidden gems, hidden waterfalls uh, that people would not go to. Um, and so I'm excited to I'm excited to take them that route to kind of get to those those iconic spots. But I'd have to say Long Point's probably your your go to. There's so many iconic points on the course. I mean, the runners will experience waterfalls, white water, dramatic views. They'll run through ghost towns, mine shafts, and so much other stuff along the way. Kind of when you design this course, kind of what was your intentions like trying to get everything kind of involved, but also providing a challenging course? I mean, this course has almost 14,000 feet of climbing in it. It's not an easy course for a lot of people out there. Yeah, um, a lot of it was just, and this is a place that I love um, it's a place I spend a ton of time. And so, you know, I've, I've spent, uh, you know, most of my adult life guiding people on adventures and guiding experiences on the river. And it's the same kind of mindset. Like, man, I want to, where can I take people? Like, where can I, where can I show them um, these cool spots? And then figuring out all the, all the spots you want to go to and then kind of figuring out the best way, um, you know, to, to connect them what makes the most sense logistically as a, as a route, like how would you want to run the course? Um, you know, it isn't, it isn't out and back. And then on the out and back, like there's a couple little spurs that we're going to do where you're just going to go a little mini out and back one time. Um, and so, 
you know, it's a little, it's a, it's a different route. Um, it's not a, like a traditional, um, ultra where you're doing a point to point or where you're doing a loop. Um, but there were, there were just places I really wanted people to go. Um, there were certain, you know, spots where I've run in the past and just thought, man, like this is, this is awesome. Like this is where runners want to run. And so trying to just piece that together and, and really just showcase, um, the best of the New River Gorge and really just, it's you know, like I said, it's kind of like just taking a buddy. Like if I was going to go take him somewhere, like, man, this is where I'd want to take you. This is where I'd want to, I'd want to run to this point and then go to this point, catch this overlook. Um, one of my favorite things about the course is uh, with Ace and then at some spots in the gorge, like at, at Long Point, I love that we get to go and you get to these big views and these overlooks where you get to see other parts of the course like you might see what you're going to be running at 10 miles down down the trail um and i feel like that's fairly unique especially on east coast uh route on the east coast ultra um so getting to getting to be at these spots where you're at mile seven and you get to see mile 17 and then you can see mile 23 down the other direction uh, it's just it's just really cool yeah, that sounds uh, really great. And we got another question from the chat. This one is coming from uh, Samuel Hartman, and he asks uh, about the course. Uh, how muddy do you expect the route to be, Brian? How, how muddy? How muddy, yeah. Uh, man, it's been – it has been the – so we just finished up with Golly season, um, which is when they release water on the Golly River, September, October. Um, the Golly is like world-class whitewater. And so we, we just – I was just having a conversation today um, – I think we had the sunniest golly season I've ever been a part of. Um, like so many sunny days in the fall, which is phenomenal. Um, we are supposed to get hammered with rain tonight and tomorrow, um, but race week looks phenomenal. Um, like I'm kind of shocked. I don't even want to say what the temperature is saying it's going to be because I kind of don't believe it. Um, but the trails are in great shape. Um, Typically, like, I mean, they're, they had until today, they were trails have been bone dry, which is not common in West Virginia. Um, I typically, when people ask me if the trails are muddy or if they're wet, I tell them they're, they're West Virginia dry, which means they're wet, but not as wet as they could be. So that's kind of a, you know, you just, you just run in the mud here. Yeah. All right. And uh, we'll sh we're sure that uh, the runners listening tonight are going to love that beta. But, uh, Brian, I had a question that I just recently thought of, which is you've mentioned before, right? Like how you got into guiding um, is, you know, you want to share these like wilderness experiences with people. And talking about the course, I've heard you say, you know, like, well, you get to see all these different special points, not just long point, but, you know, some places that you might not necessarily find unless you're a local or you know somebody who knows right where to go. Do you think that when you share these like almost secret spots with people, do they make them more special to you? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if it makes it more special. Um, I just really, you know, for whatever reason, I, um, it's the same way with, with, with my, my girls. It's the same thing. Like for whatever reason I can like vividly enter into other people's experiences like even if i've done something a thousand times if it's the other person's first time like it feels like it's my first time um and so just like getting to getting to share that stuff with people um it just is it's super exciting to me um i don't know if it necessarily makes it more or less special um like i'm it's funny because you know like i'm race direct race director now and uh i'm not like a i'm not a big racer like I don't enter a lot of races. I've done a handful of races. I enjoy them, um, but I'm I'm much more a solo runner. I like to go out by myself. I like to just go do big routes, um, big runs, kind of on my own. And and running's really for the most part a pretty private thing for me. And so it's just interesting to like be uh, interacting with all these runners in this way. And like even though like running's not something I go do with people. Um, and I don't even really run that many races. I think that's such a unique dynamic because obviously like you just mentioned, like you don't run a lot of races and you don't like running with people, but obviously you love sharing those epic moments with people. And there'll be so many of those next weekend at the inaugural Rim to River 100. I kind of want to talk about Adventure Appalachia. Obviously the 
in the nonprofit there. Kind of dive into kind of how that started and kind of how that works hand in hand with the race. Sure. Um, you know, I think Adventure Appalachia is a big reason why the race coming kind of pushed us over to take that final step of like, okay, this is going to happen. Like we're going to do this. Um, so Adventure Appalachia has just been a, a dream of my wife and I's for a number of years. Um, we've worked in the outdoor industry together for, for a long time. She was a river guide for a number of years. Um, we worked wilderness therapy together um, out in Southeast Utah. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just taking youth um, out into wilderness um, and just seeing the power of that and seeing how, um, you know, people can have these transformative experiences um, and then also how empowering it is um, and just how there's so many parallels in the outdoors that you can gain um, that you can apply to, to just dealing with life. And so, you know, Adventure Appalachia, is, the, the goal of it is to just expand access to outdoor adventures for youth um, here in the River Gorge. Um, my wife and I, you know, big reason for us moving here was because we wanted to raise our three girls in a place where they have just wide open access to wilderness. And so, you know, I feel extremely lucky that five minutes out my front door, I can be in 70,000 acres of, of just nature and creation. And that's really important to me. Uh, like me having that time makes me a better person. And it's important for me to share that with my with my kids. And so, you know, we've often thought about how, like, because my wife and I both have these skill sets where we can take our kids out and we can take them rafting, we can take them climbing and do these things. Like, it's great. But if your parents, like, if you live here and your parents don't have those skill sets, then really your only other option is to pay for a guide and pay for, for an outfitter to take you, right? And the vast majority of, of kids who live here, their parents can't afford to do that. Like they can't afford to pay for an outfitter service or a guide service to go take them rafting. And so that a lot of youth, local youth don't get to experience the stuff that's right in their backyard because they don't know somebody with the skill set to take them and they can't afford to pay somebody to take them. And so, you know, there's this gap that um, Adventure Appalachia, like the point is just to, to close that gap and to connect the, the local youth with what's right here in the backyard, connect them with um, the guided outdoor adventures and just kind of mitigate the, the cost barrier. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great sentiment. We're gonna to wanna to talk more about that, Brian, but we got another question from the chat. Um, Sean, who's YouTube panelist, Thumbs Up Runners, uh, he wants to know, because the course looks so epic, uh, is there any preview on the buckle that uh, finishers are going to be getting? Ooh, um, I've posted a couple pictures. I think I posted a couple pictures of it. Um, maybe I'll see if my if my wife can grab us one. Um, I can hold it up later. Um, yeah, the buckles um, turned out really well. Uh, it was funny when we when we started doing the you know, stuff with the race. That was like one of the first questions I got was, "Okay, is there going to be a buckle? What's it look like?" Um, which is you know classic classic ultra concern. Um, you know, is there going to be a buckle and, and what does it look like? Like those are, those are key questions when signing up for a race. Yeah, it seems that way, but I want to know, does anybody actually wear their hundred mile buckles? I don't have one. Wesley, I, do you have one? I do. Was it, I was going to say. That's why you don't wear one. Yeah. You don't have one. I've never seen anybody wearing a hundred mile buckle before. Yeah, I've got my, so my first, um, my first ultra was the Bandera um bandera 100k down in texas and uh actually i wear it all the time i'm wearing it right now like i wear that thing all the time it's my first first race so i wear i wear mine uh my wife just handed me i don't know if we can if that's gonna show up good there's our looks good on my end yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there we go. And also, like, if you guys don't follow Rim to River on social media, their Instagram is at Rim to River and their Facebook is at Rim to River Adventure Co., I believe. So go check them out over there. And they've got a bunch of other photos of the course previews and a bunch of other stuff they've been documenting kind of this week and going into next week as well. So go follow them if you haven't already. I kind of want to talk a little bit more about uh, Adventure Appalachia. Kind of if someone's looking to get involved, maybe they're local or whatnot, how can they do that? Um. So right now, so Adventure Appalachia was kind of, we were going through getting it registered as a nonprofit um, and kind of jumping through those hoops and then figuring out, okay, what are we going to do? And in that planning process and kind of figuring out the nonprofit side of things um, is kind of when this whole idea of this, this race and this, this hundred miler, you know, just kind of just went perfectly together uh, because we were trying to figure out funding for the nonprofit and looking at you know, grant writing and different avenues for that and you know just it just popped in my head one day like man why don't we like skip the the grant writing and spending our time doing this other stuff and what if we just make this race um and then we just use the race as funding for the nonprofit? um and so uh, we just kind of ran with that and that's kind of what spurred on the the initial like okay we're gonna make we're gonna make a hundred miler um and i've had the like the route i've had the route in my head for you know years and years so it wasn't it, there was no like legwork as far as putting that together it was more so just the the other side of like okay we're gonna we got to market this we got to put it out there um and so you know that's kind of how that came together and uh <clears throat> really right now like adventure Appalachia is not we're not doing any programming as of yet um, because all of our funding is coming from the race. Um, and so, you know, that was one of the keys was, okay, if we're going to do this, then we've got to really focus on this race. We've got to make this legit and make this a thing. And then if we can do that, then we can fund what kind of what our goal is with Adventure Appalachia. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds really great. We've got a question from the chat that feels a little um, related to this. Endurance Headquarters um, said his name's Mark. I just saw that. Uh, he's asking, is Adventure Appalachia set up to accept donations? Uh, and if so, where? Mm, that's a good question. It, it's not yet. Um, it will be like probably as soon as the as soon as the race is over. Um, we've just been kind of waiting to, to just move the funding in, in from the race. Um, but as soon as that happens, um, we'll put it out there. We'll let people know. Um, we'd be we'd be psyched for for donations to Adventure Appalachia. Um, you know, a lot of your the, the proceeds from the race are going right into to funding uh, the programming for that. Um, so all you guys who guys and gals who've signed up to run, like that's what you're that's what you're going towards, which is awesome. Um, and just a little plug there, uh, Mark and uh, Derek's headquarters. There are uh, hydration sponsor for the race, and um, dude, they're awesome. Like uh, I didn't really know. Uh, about them at all and then this past winter um, he reached out his local west virginia business um great hydration stuff i started using his stuff this winter trying it out and just phenomenal stuff and so it's going to be stocked at every aid station um all the runners get get stuff in there and their swag bags from him um so we really appreciate what he's done for us that is awesome. I feel like the local community has really kind of dove in on this concept of, okay, this is West Virginia's first 100 miler. We got to all kind of come together to make this thing super epic. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there'll be local businesses volunteering at aid stations on the course. So maybe there's a couple of, a couple of businesses at each one kind of throughout the day. Kind of what does that, in, like, what does that mean to you kind of having the support from the community kind of backing that at the aid stations? It's, it's huge. Um, you know, and ideally that was kind of always what I hoped it would be or, may, or would become eventually. Um, I, di I didn't think it would get to what it is this quickly in the, in the first year. Um, but yeah, having, you know, this, this local outdoor community um, is pretty tight knit. And, you know, like what we all have in common is that we love this place. Um, whether you're a river guide, whether you're a kayaker, whether you're a climber, a mountain biker, whatever, like people just love this place. And so um, I'm excited for the runners to kind of feel that and sense that because we've got a lot of volunteers who are stepping up and kind of stepping into this who don't really have a ton of like ultra distance experience or even care about ultra running, but they love the New River Gorge. 
um, and they love that we're having this event here. And so they want to be a part of it. And so we've got tons of, you know, local businesses taking over aid stations. Um, we've got the Arrowhead bike farm. They're taking over the long point aid station, um, the station, which is a local restaurant. They're helping out those guys with Arrowhead bike farm, um, at long point, um, Waterstone outdoors, which is the kind of iconic outdoor shop in Fayetteville. Um, they'll be having Fayette station, aid station, um, along with Rangefinder coffee, um, we got the town of Anstead kind of stepping into uh, this ultra scene and, and running the Anstead aid station, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, we've got uh, trail sisters group out of Morgantown coming down and taking over an aid station. Um, and then we've got ACE is, is doing some stuff at, uh, at Concho and then the friends of the New River Gorge, which is a local nonprofit for the New River Gorge. Um, they've got an aid station at Thurmond. Um, you know, and so that was, you know, going into this, that was my biggest concern was, you know, how are we going to get, how are we going to get help for all this stuff? Like races like this only happen because of volunteers, volunteers and sponsors. Like that's how races happen. And that was my number one biggest concern was, I, I don't know if, if people are going to be into this. And the response has been super humbling, um, super overwhelming, just how psyched people are to be involved. Um, just been, it's just really cool. Rangefinder Coffee, by the way, 10 out of 10 recommend. I had their mocha when I was in town. Unbelievable. Like it was the best mocha I've had this year, if not ever. Super awesome uh, coffee there. Uh, you kind of described about who's going to be at the age stations and the level of excitement that the volunteers are going to have. But what should the runners kind of expect when they get to the aid stations? Like what kind of food are you going to have? What's the atmosphere going to be like? Like what is going to make some of the aid stations iconic? Yeah. So, I mean, the aid stations will have like your classic ultra foods. Um, you know, we, we're going to have gummy bears, like gummy bears are my go-to at any point in time, like whether I'm running or not running, like it's gummy bears. And so you're going to have gummy bears available to you at the aid station. Um, so, you know, we'll cook some hot foods for the, for the night session stuff. Um, you know, some quesadillas, well, PB and J. Um, I know some, some of the other aid stations are changing up some of their stuff and some are going to do bacon and like pepperoni rolls, uh, at some of them. Um, but you know the aid station stuff is kind of weird with the with the COVID situation because um, ideally you know we had plans for this to be this you know the aid stations to be a classic ultra aid station where it's like a big hoopla party where people are hanging out super exciting people are getting there you got a bunch of people around and you know we've had to we've had to mitigate that a bit like and not have the crowds and so you know that was a big part of um, our COVID plan is really minimizing where crew can access their runners, um, not having spectators at the aid stations, uh, you know, and really just to keep, we want to keep our community safe. Um, we want to keep our volunteers safe. We want to keep the runners safe. And, you know, it was at first, it was kind of, a, you know, kind of a bummer um, because I'd kind of had these, you know, these visions of all oh, this aid station could be this or that or whatever. And, you know, it'll get there, um, you know, in the next, next year, the next year, whatever. Um, you know, this year, this year, my goal was, man, if we can, you know, I want to run, like, I want people to get to run and, um, you know, figuring out ways to do that safely, which I feel like we have, um, you know, that was my main goal is, you know, no matter what it looks like, you know, no matter if it's, if it's the same as any other ultra distance race, or if it's, if it's way different or whatever, like the point is I want y'all to get to run. And so, you know, I'm, I'm proud that we've gotten to that point, um, and I, you know, I'm happy that I'm happy that people are going to get to run and I'm happy that we're going to get to do it and, and keep people safe at the same time. Dude, I mean, as a first year race director and having to go through everything that you've been through this year just kind of shows your character and like your sediment through, through all of this. I mean, you've been basically dealing with the most adversity that any race director in the whole industry has faced in the past X amount of years. And it's kind of awesome to kind of see you take it, take it in stride and kind of run with it. Um, the one thing that I'm kind of curious about is there may be some runners who maybe are, I know with the COVID protocols, you don't get to see a crew access as maybe as much as some runners would like, but they will kind of have the aid stations and drop bags or whatnot. Um, do you think like, is it set up in a way for them to succeed as well, even with limited crew access throughout the day? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, we've, we've had some meetings with our aid station folks and, you know, kind of told them like, look, like it's, 
like it's even more so on you guys and gals to really like support these runners um, because it's it's changed. It's not what it was originally set up to be. And um, you know, even when we got through the COVID stuff with the Park Service and kind of came up with a game plan and and we're on the same page and they agreed with what we were trying to do. Um, you know, I put it out to all the people who registered, like, hey, this is not the race you signed up for. Um, like there's been significant changes, particularly to where your crew is going to be able to access you. And it's it's made it burlier for sure. Um, there's, there's, you know, sizable stretches where you're going to run 20, 25 miles and not see your crew. And, and for some people, like that's not something they want to do. And I totally respect that. Um, and so when we came up with the, with the COVID kind of operational plan, we gave everybody a couple of weeks, like, Hey, no questions asked. If this isn't what you want to do full refund, like no problem. Um, and then, uh, you know, because it, it's, it's different. It is really different. Um, on the other hand, like that's super exciting to me, like seeing people, cause we're still sold out. Like we've still got 200 people, um, coming to do this thing. And, it's just cool to, to know that they're going to go like, they're still wanting to do it, even dealing with all these extra logistics and ins and outs and making it harder, not having their crew everywhere. Um, and then also thinking about, and like, if you're dialed in physically to where you're ready to run a hundred mile race in 2020, that means like you've put in work because there's been no virtually no uh, races to use for training. Like you've had to get out, on your own motivation and put in the time. And that to me is like just super exciting for people. Like, man, you guys have worked for this. And so to, you know, and I know people are just chomping at the bit to do an in-person legit race. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for them to do it. Yeah, that's really great to hear. And we can sort of like feel that energy. At least when I speak to uh, other ultra runners, right? They all, they want to race so bad. They miss this community. They miss getting to celebrate um, the way that we are at these races. And so in the chat, there's been a few people who have mentioned that this is actually going to be their first hundred, even with all the new restrictions, everything else that's going on. And they wanted to know, Brian, what is your advice to somebody running a first time 100? Um, you're there. Like you signed up, you're, you're doing it. So, um, you know, that's the biggest, that's the biggest step. Um, I've had a number of runners reach out to me, you know, telling me, Hey, you know, emailing us, um, you know, this is going to be my first hundred, um, you know, asking questions, this and that. And I'm so psyched to, to see and hear that. Um, just knowing, you know, this, the new rewards is not, you know, we're not known as a, as a place to go run. Um, and that's kind of one of our goals is like this, you know, we're known for our white water, we're known for our climbing, we're known for our mountain biking, as we should be. Like, it's all world-class. Um, but the trail running here is just as world-class. And, you know, I would love to have the New River Gorge be known as, man, like, that's a place to go run. Um, that's, a, that's a place to go do a 100-miler. Do and to bring people into the sport of ultra running, um, you know, runners who haven't done a 100-miler yet and are willing to go try. Um, like, that's exciting to me to get people – to push themselves and, and to step out. Um, you know, uh, it almost like the people who are doing their first hundred miler at the first hundred miler in West Virginia, like that's, <laughs> I couldn't ask for anything else. Like that's exact. That's, that's exactly the kind of experience I, I want people to have here. Um, you know, because for a lot of the local community, um, this is going to be their first hundred miler. This is going to be their first ultra distance experience in the New River Gorge. And so just kind of getting to bring all that together um, and kind of just see people's reactions and, and just kind of how it unfolds, like is thrilling. It's, it's thrilling is like not even describing like how it's going to feel and whatnot. Like I was out on the course, I did a six mile run out on the course about a week ago. And I was like, wait, how can I run this race? Like I'm not trained at all for hundred miler, but like being out there and experiencing the scenery and just kind of everything that West Virginia had to offer. I mean, the course was absolutely beautiful. It made me just want to hop in and I'm just not ready for that. But I mean, it just kind of is one of those places. There's only a certain places in my life that kind of, when I run that trail, it just kind of, transforms my life and kind of brings it 
to a new meaning. It's just kind of like it boosts my mood no matter what I'm doing. Like everything just kind of gets tossed out the window. And that day in the New River Gorge was one of those days. So I think runners are going to absolutely love it. Uh, Cam, I think you had another question, right? I do. Um, and so, uh, Brian, if you could, could you please explain uh, some of the new COVID protocols? Like what specifically is going to be different about aid stations? It's, it's one thing to say that it's going to be different. And I assume we all are thinking masks and six feet. But, you know, you also said hot foods and pepperoni rolls. So how are you going to get those to the runners with uh, all those things going on? Yeah, great question. Um, so the, the main thing that we're addressing with the COVID stuff is, you know, two places. It's, it's a start um, where you typically got a massive group of people, 200, 200, 300 people, whatever, starting at a race. And so the start line is going to look different where we're going to start in waves, uh, waves of 20 runners at a time. And we're spacing them out by 15 minutes. So this, this course is going to be spread out. Um, it's going to take us about two hours to get everybody off the start line. So we'll start at like 5.45 in the morning, and then the last wave will start at 8 in the morning. Um, so that was, that was one place where we're kind of um, working on just kind of changing things and, and mitigating the COVID situation. Um, there'll be temperature checks for the runners. Um, everybody will be wearing masks at the start, um, start line, start area. And then masks will be something that people got to wear at the aid station. So the volunteers, aid station workers, will be wearing masks. As runners get to the aid station, there'll be signs up to remind them, pull your buff up, pull your mask up, whatever. Um, and so we'll be masked up at the aid stations. And then, you know, the big thing was just was just uh, mitigating any of the, the contact between the volunteers and the runners. And then also the contact between, like, what the volunteers are touching on the runners, you know, as their personal gear and what the runners are touching at the aid station. And so it's going to be, as opposed to coming into an aid station, just kind of grabbing whatever you want and then refilling your water bottles and then going, you're going to come up and every aid station has a menu. Um, all the runners have the, the basic menu outline right now. And then the menu will be posted at each aid station, like what they can get. And so you come up, you look at the menu, you tell them what you want. They're going to reach on the table behind them, grab the stuff, put it on a paper towel, set it on the table for you. You grab it, you go on your way, you've got your food. If you need something refilled, you need your hydration flash refilled, you're gonna unscrew your top, you're gonna hold it out. They're gonna have a pitcher of water or of endurance HQ and they'll pour it into your flask for you. You screw it on, nobody's touching anybody's stuff. Um, so we feel really good about it. Um, these are, you know, have become like best practice in the ultra scene. Um, we've talked with a bunch of other race directors throughout the country, um, kind of seeing what other people are doing, what's what's working best, what's not, um, and when we were kind of developing these protocols. And so, uh, you know, we feel really good about that stuff. Um, and then the, the other thing was just kind of mitigating crowding at aid stations. And so only having your crew be able to access you at three spots. And then um, at those spots, you can only have one crew member like actually with, with you at the aid station tent area. Um, and we've made those kind of spots where the crew's going to come in. They're bigger spots where there's space where they can be off at the car and the runner can kind of go with their crew to the car, deal with stuff over there and not be right at the aid station tent um, just to kind of give everybody space. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll look different. Um, you know, it's interesting, like talking with other, other race directors and stuff like, it's almost not that it's easy, but since this is our first year doing this, everything we're doing is new and we're having to write everything from scratch anyway. So it's not like it was extra work to do some of this stuff. Um, as opposed to if I'd been race directing for five or 10 years and kind of had my way of doing things, it'd be a lot of extra work because you have to rethink a lot of things. And so it's kind of interesting how like not having the experience um, didn't, didn't really hurt us in that aspect. And then also just my role with ACE, you know, back in, back in May, you know, we were wondering if rafting was going to even have a rafting season for 2020. And so, you know, we were in big discussions talking about, man, how do we make this work? How is this going to be safe? How can we take people rafting, do these kind of these outdoor wilderness trips? Um, and so that, you know, I've been dealing with this stuff and thinking about it for, for months and months now. And so transferring that to, to a race, um, really was was fairly seamless as far as just already having kind of the mindset for that stuff all right and i mean 
the more you describe this stuff, I think I'm like in the same camp as Wesley. Uh, like, how do I get into this race? I've been injured since February. Anybody who knows me, I've been doing, I did a half hour run walk this morning. And I'm like, run walks, basically how you pace a hundred anyways, right? Like a half hour, 27, 28 hours, probably. Oh. Yeah. Dude, me and you could do this thing and like, I mean, we'll get in there and see you can make it 20 miles and then drop there probably. That's how far we make it right now. Let's let's not take this to people if we're going to do that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we digress. Uh, we got another question from the chat here for you. Uh, Josh Keck wants to know, um, let me scroll back up real quick. He says that it seems like at least a dozen people have dropped out. Um can you share what the common reasons are? I'm not sure if they've shared that with you via ultra sign up. Uh, Josh also says that he knows that training has been hard for pretty much everybody this year with everything that's going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has. Um, we've had, man, um, since, since the, like our COVID protocols came out, I forget, I forget the date. Um, it's probably been a month and a half, maybe, uh, maybe almost two months. Um, since then there's been a, a ton of of shuffling in the just entrance and who's registered, who's dropping out, who's wanting to transfer to next year. And um you know my my what I kind of came to with that was and I'm not like people are having to deal with too much stuff this this year. Like people have enough stuff on their plate. And so if somebody doesn't want to run, you don't have to, like don't run. You can have your money back, you can transfer to next year whatever. Like, I don't need a reason. Um, I'm not trying to take people's money. Um, like I just want, if people want to run, I want to give them that experience. And so, you know, there's been a ton of shifting with, you know, there's COVID stuff, there's travel restrictions, there's people don't want to travel because they've got somebody who's high risk in their family. Um, and I get all that, that nobody, people haven't trained. Um, you know, I, I get it. And, you know, I'm not going to say which, which reasons are, are good or not, or which ones deserve to get the money back or not, like whatever. Um, just in all of that, like I've become just so much more, uh, just got such a high level of respect for everybody who's coming to run. Um, because I know like, it's not an easy year to do this. Like it's not an easy year to put it on, on, on our end. It's not an easy year to run it either. Um, and so I, I fully, um, fully see that and get that and I have a lot of respect for it. I kind of think the challenges that runners will face and then also the challenges that you face this year will just make this year more rewarding than it would have been uh, just kind of culminating the efforts of everyone together. It should be a super awesome weekend next weekend. Uh, we just wanted to remind everyone real quick, whether it's your first time tuning into a live show or if you've been watching since the beginning, uh, click the subscribe button for us on the YouTube. Uh, if you're new to Ridge Runner Nation, welcome. Uh, we've been looking to get into West Virginia and whatnot. We kind of have most of the East Coast all over, but West Virginia has been the one state we've kind of like missed out on. So we're super pumped to kind of meet you guys. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we'll be out on the course on race day filming a documentary about the race. So we'll actually be out there with a bunch of cameras and doing a bunch of stuff on race day. So we're super super excited to kind of get to know you guys a little more on race day. Um, Brian, I've got a question I got to ask you, and I know if she's not watching right now, she's going to be watching later. Uh, I want to talk about your life, your wife, Laura, and the impact that she's had on your, your life and this whole process uh, as a first year race. Um, man, I can't even begin to describe. Um, she's my best friend. She's uh, a total, total badass. Um, you know, she can do every, everything I can do, she can do and do it better. Um, and so like, yeah, she's just, she's amazing. Um, the picture, uh, the picture that you guys had up for the, um, for this episode, um, they're, they're, they're both of, both of us, you know, rat one's rafting when we were backpacking. Um, the hiking picture was when we finished through hiking the Appalachian trail and we we're up on Katahdin and I'm kind of up on her back. I mean, she's holding me up and, you know, that picture, like we did it kind of as a joke, but that picture really just is the epitome of our relationship. Like I get these grand ideas and want to go have these huge adventures and she's all about doing it. And then she actually does it better than I do. And then she ends up carrying me to the finish. And so, um, yeah, she's been awesome in all this stuff. Like she's, 
doing aid station stuff right now, um, trying to piece that stuff together and just super supportive. Um, all the while being mom to three, three crazy kids. Um, so yeah, she's amazing. I think Cam, you had another question yeah. here. Uh, yeah, I uh, was unable to get myself unmuted on Zoom in time. Um, rookie. Yeah, so I, it was absolutely a rookie mistake. But um, so we've got a couple of questions from the chat that seem kind of similar. One was about what is cell coverage like on the course? And then what is cell coverage like for crew uh, who are going to be driving to the different aid stations? Mm, good question. So cell phone coverage has gotten um, ex exponentially better in the last four or five years in the gorge, particularly with AT&T. So if you have AT&T, you can expect to have really good service um, pretty much throughout the course. Uh, the one aid station that's going to have spotty cell phone service, even for AT&T, is Canard, um, which is a spot that crew will get to go to. Uh, it's at mile 26 and 82. Um, everywhere else, you're your cell phone service would be will be great if it's AT&T. Um, some of the other carriers, it's gonna be in and out, it's gonna be spotty. Um, no matter who your cell phone coverage is with, uh, GPS is just, um, it's approximate at best here. Um, so that is what it is. Like I, don't, I would, I've been telling people like in their prep, like don't trust your phone, like, use a map. Like I'm gonna send you guys maps, use the maps, get, get comfortable with the maps, understand where you're going. Um, because GPS, particularly on phones, sends you all kinds of places here. All right, that is uh, good for us to know as well. And I have Verizon, so we're gonna see how that works out on a uh, race weekend. I don't know what carriers Wesley and uh, John and Riley have got. Dude, but, you know, we were just gonna send you down a road and let you do your own thing anyway. Don't worry about it. I just. <laughs> That's fine. I got the GoPro here. I'm I'm ready to do whatever. You know, I am allowed to do 30 minute run walks, right? Like that's enough. But um, anyways, as we're getting to wrap things up, um, we got one question real quick from the chat, and then a few more um, for Brian before we let him go. And we do really appreciate his time here with everything he's got going on, putting on this race. Uh, but Nathan Fangold, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, has said, Brian. Is it true that you are a high school basketball legend? Uh, so that, that's my best friend, Nate, uh, from Texas. And he told me he was going to try and drop a bomb in here. Uh, it is not true that I was a high school legend. Um, it is true that I was a basketball player. Um, and it is definitely true I was better than Nate. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that's, I think that's a sign of a good friendship. Um, at the very least, I know I have a similar kind of thing with Wesley where um, usually my first goal for any race that we're both in is beat Wesley. How's it worked out for you so far? It has not. <laughs> I have lost to Wesley in every race that we both ran in. Um, That's why it's a good goal. That's why it's a good goal. <laughs> I was going to say, at one point it derailed mentally my whole Xiaomi 15 when I was <laughs> like two hours up on me. <laughs> no worries. No worries. It happens. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get into some of these quick questions and then we'll let Brian go. Uh, so Brian, first one, if ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball, what would yours be? Ooh, walk-up song? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. It had, to, it had to be some kind of, it just had to be like a, um, probably just some instrumental like reggae loop. Um, I, I pretty much listen to reggae on the, you know, nonstop on the regular. So any, any, kind, of, any kind of reggae loop. You have a specific one. So for those of you that don't know, and maybe it's your first time tuning in, we have a Spotify playlist called Tunes of the Nation. Everyone that's on, a, on the guest of a show, we get to like throw their song on the Spotify playlist. And it is a bumping playlist right now. It's got everything that you could ever want on there. Man, I mean, I'd have to throw, if we're going to throw something on there, it'd have to be any, uh, any live Bob Marley album. Um, anything live would be, would be good. All right, we'll, uh, we'll make a note of that and put that on there. And I think with reggae, we officially have every genre of music on that playlist. <laughs> it is quite strange. I've listened to it on a few runs before. Um, the vibes are just not, it's not there. Because you go from Dolly Parton to like instrumental scores to like the Rocky theme. 
to um, there's some show tunes that um, Liz Pink Feathers had us put on there as well. There's some country music. I mean, it's it's literally got everything you could ever want or never want. What or never. <laughs> it's got one of every genre of music. Um, but then going on from there, uh, what's one thing you can't leave an aid station without? Oh, gummy bears for sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, I was going to say, this is the first race I've heard of having pepperoni rolls, and I haven't quite been able to stop thinking about that since you said that. Um, hopefully, I can have one on race day. No, fingers crossed. Um, but so, uh, what's your favorite pair of shoes, Brian? Ooh, that's a good one. I, don't, um, I honestly don't know if I have a favorite pair of shoes. I switch out from, I try a bunch of different shoes out, um, and I always wear my shoes way longer than you're supposed to. Um, cause I just, I get, I start wearing a pair and then I just get used to them and then I don't want to switch again. Um, and so I, I honestly don't think I could tell you a pair that is my favorite. Um, yeah, I, I don't have an answer for you. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep going then. Um, so what is, I know you said you weren't much of a big racer, um, but what is the weirdest hallucination you've had been race or the strangest thing you've seen somebody else eat in station Ooh, i can't say i've had any crazy hallucinations um strangest thing i've seen people eat um i saw dude eating just straight mustard one time which was was bizarre like did not appeal to me at all it's i know mustard's supposed to help with cramps um it was a high school football thing that we did where you would have like mixed mustard and pickle juice, which is um, a really great way to throw up during two a day. Um, I was going to say as humid as Eastern Ohio can get. We're in love so, with high school stud athletes on tonight's show. We got Brian, the stud <laughs> basketball player, Cam Rent back in his day, stud football player. That's just, that's he, just he not tell you. true. That's just not true. It, was, it is 100% not true. I was a five foot nine middle linebacker. Things did not go great. Uh. Oh uh, man. But moving on from that, Brian, uh, if you could run with one person in the history of the world, even if they aren't a runner, we're going to say that they're going to keep your pace and they're going to run wherever you want to run with them. Where uh, would it be? And who would it be with? Oh, good one. Um, you know, since I run solo a lot, um, this might be, this might be a cheesy answer, but I'm going to have to, I'm going to go with it. If I could pick one person to go for a run with right now and they had to run at my pace, we could run at my pace the whole time. I'd probably pick my wife um, because with three kids, we don't get to run together very often anymore. And it's a bonus that she would have to go at my pace um, because then she'd have to slow down, which would be awesome. And so, yeah, I think I'd have to take, I'd have to take Laura. These answers. I mean, Cam will tell you like every single one of these shows that we do and we ask that question, it's always the greatest answers. Like we never expect, uh, we always expect something super big, some famous person. And it's always just something super awesome like that answer was. So yeah. really appreciate that. Um, kind of one more thing, kind of rounding things out holistically is what can runners kind of expect or like what's one final thing you can leave runners with as they get ready to go into next weekend the inaugural rim to river 100 uh next weekend uh man we're we are psyched to have uh you folks join us um we're psyched to show you a place we love like everybody who's a part of this race whether they're a runner or not um the thing we all have in common is a love for this place and um, we're psyched to share it with you. Um, yeah, bring your bring your A game, bring your positive vibes. Um, it's not a cakewalk, like it's a it's legit course. Um, I think it could be a fast course. Um, I don't think it'll be fast this year just because nobody really knows the course yet. Um, but I think, you know, in years to come, I think it could be could be a fast one. Like if you figure out kind of where you can turn it on and where you can, where you need to dial it back. Um, but you know, the biggest thing is I'm just, I'm just so psyched for people to get out here um, to kind of showcase what the new River Gorge has, to showcase this, this community, this outdoor community. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, sounds great. And then uh, Brian, for everybody who's looking to follow you, Adventure Appalachia, Rim to River 100, 
Um, and then any of your other local sponsors that have helped out, where can they uh, find y'all at? Yeah, so um, our website is Rim to River Endurance Company. Um, so you can find that. Um, our Instagram handle is Rim to River, um, at Rim to River. And then we have a Rim to River 100 Facebook group that folks are welcome to join. Um, Rim to River Endurance Company has a Facebook page as well. Um, so rimtoriverendurance.com. Um, all our sponsors are listed on there. We've got some amazing sponsors. Uh, you runners are getting like hooked up. That's been one of our main goals is to try and get um, you folks as much quality stuff as we can. Um, so we've got some amazing sponsors bringing in some awesome stuff. Um, we just got a shipment of a uh, bunch of shirts and hats and stuff from uh, Roman Run Company. Um, they make awesome stuff. So that's in the garage right now. Um, so yeah, get on there. You can find all the sponsors. There's maps. There's all the information about the course, about the race. All right. And as always, we will post uh, links to all that kind of stuff down in the, uh, the video description when this goes up on YouTube as a video. Um, and so with that, that's going to be our show tonight, Ridge Runners. Uh, I want to thank you all so much for joining in. Uh, my name is Cam Rich. The other host was Leslie Harton, the patent faculty of ultra running. Our guest tonight was the incredible Bryant Baker, River Guide, Race Director, West Virginian, all-around stellar human being. Uh, thank you, Bryant, for joining us. Thank you to John and Leslie for starting the show and having me on as well to help host out um, and really help the channel. And thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight, uh, whether this was your first show or you've been with us for every single one. We really appreciate everything that you do for us. Uh, and we'll see you next time. All right, good night, everybody. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week.